0: Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Good morning, church. All right. Happy New Year. Everybody doing good? Ready for 24? Ready or not, baby? Here it comes. It's here, it's upon us, right? Uh, this first week has been great. We've seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And uh, and I believe that today we're going to be increased in our wisdom and understanding from God's word. Amen. Uh, I'm going to continue the series better. Uh, last week we talked about keeping Christ as the main priority of our life. Uh, and if we're going in order according to the scripture, the next thing is, is the covenant of marriage. So we've got keeping Christ first then our spouse, then our families, then our careers, then serving others. Then it's, you know, we've got to make sure that we prioritize things in God's way. Uh, so today I'm going to talk to you simply about marriage just for a few minutes. And let me just say this. If you're single, separated, divorced, let me just say this. Gain wisdom from this so that way when God does send the right person, you don't miss them. Amen. And so especially our young people, pay attention to this word today. Uh I uh I'm glad that I had someone teach me these things uh so that I chose well. And when I say I chose well, I chose really well. Well, my wife is bad, son. She's just bad. You hear me? Fine. But then a than a frog hair split three ways. You hear me? That heifer is bad, you know? And, and, and I and I'm glad that I went to the scripture to find out. Uh I found out. Uh, who I wanted to marry because I read the word. And I found a woman that lined up with Proverbs 31. Uh, Just free, no charge for this. Guys, if you're looking for a spouse, uh, go to Proverbs chapter 31, start around verse 10, and find you a woman that lines up with that. Man, if you do, you better put a ring on it, right? Uh, Go ahead, go see Joey the jeweler, get you some jewelry, and do the thing, right? Okay, all right, well, Okay, on that note, on that note, I, sorry, man, the baseline of that intro gets me going. It kind of gets me, you know, y'all got to lay off them baselines, man. Y'all got me ready to pop lock up in this bad boy. I'm, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I ain't scared of it. I'll do it. I, I'm just the one. Trust me. I'm just the one. Uh, this week, I was listening to a story uh, about these two farmers, and uh, one farmer was going over to his neighbor's house, who was a farmer that lived about two miles from him. And as he approached the barn of his neighbor, uh, he heard uh, some strange things going on. He heard his neighbor, the farmer saying, I love how faithful you are. That's inside the barn. And he says, I just love how you're always there for me when I need you. And I just love how you never let me down. And the guy ripped the door open, and his neighbor is in there hugging his tractor. And he's just petting his tractor. And he said, what on earth are you doing? And he said, well, my wife and I have been going to marriage counseling. And he said, the psychiatrist told me that if I wanted to save my marriage, that I should do some romantic things to a tractor. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. (laughs) Yeah, another guy I was talking to said that uh, his wife was complaining one morning. Uh, She said, you know, she said, our neighbor every morning kisses his wife goodbye before he leaves the house. She says, why can't you do that? He says, well, first off, the neighbor would be irate. (laughs) Like I said, it gets worse. Another guy I talked to this week said that he hadn't spoken to his wife in 18 months. I said, why is that? He said, I didn't want to interrupt her. (laughs) Zing! Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you in our society, (laughs) the, the concept of marriage can be kind of bleak, yes? So today I want to talk to you according to God's word about marriage. Can I tell you marriage is a wonderful thing? When it's done correctly. Now, when it's bad, baby, it's real bad, right? Uh, it, it, it is the apex of the existence, and it is the very lowest of lows. When your marriage is good, it can't get better. When your marriage is bad, woo, it, everything's horrible, right? The kids acting rough. Everything gets out of whack when your marriage is out of whack. And so today I want to talk to you uh According to God's word. Uh, but first, I just want to give you this to start out. Uh, if I could put marriage in one quick line, I would tell you that marriage is a force multiplier. Marriage is a force multiplier. You need to write that down. Marriage is a force multiplier. See, that baby's even upset about what I'm teaching. A force multiplier. Here's the thing you need to understand. And and, and hear me, because you need to go and tuck your feet up under your chair, because I'm coming to stomp on toes today. If the person that you are seeing has trouble with money and finances, getting married ain't going to fix that. If the woman you're seeing can't control her emotions, A ring won't fix that thing. We have bought a lie that stepping into a covenant heals people. Wrong. Marriage multiplies. So here's the crazy part. If you have problems before the covenant, those problems follow you into the covenant. And people think, well, once we get married, we'll be together. We'll spend more time together. We'll be able to fix these, work through these things. Mm No, 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 no. No, those problems uh, need to be fixed before the marriage. How? You say, "Uh, pastor, and don't raise your hands. I married the sucker and he's sitting right here. And I got some issues that I need to fix. Okay. We're going to talk about that today. Everybody relax. We're going to be okay. I promise you, you are can be smiling at lunch. Just chill out. But I do want to warn you, the problems you saw before the marriage, that was your warning. It is much easier to fix one than to fix two. And the lie is, is that marriage is 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. 100 100 you come into a marriage incomplete, you're still incomplete. And somehow we thought, well, I'll fill in the gaps for this person after we're married. Okay, how's that working out for you? Can I tell you, you are not the healer. You are not the great physician. You are not the lover of their soul. Right? And so you have stepped in the place of the creator or the manufacturer of the person. And then you're shocked because you can't fix it. It wasn't ever your job to fix it. It's his job, right? And until that person submits and crawls back to the cross for repair, still going to be trouble. So today we're going to talk about, turn with me to Acts chapter five. Let me just show you how bad this thing can get. Acts chapter five. Starting in verse one, we're going to read to verse eleven. Again, uh, marriage is a force multiplier. If two people are bad at money together, when they get together, they are still going to have money problems. If two people struggle uh, with anger and they get together, my God, they still going. It's going to be worse, right? But can I tell you, if people are full of peace, love, and mercy when they get married, that's multiplied. Marriage is a force multiplier. You need to understand that, young people please hear that from me today. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. You'll save me some time. I'm telling you, I do marriage counseling every week and people always come. And I don't know what happened. All I know is we had a ceremony on Saturday and by Tuesday of the next week, all hell had broken loose. Yeah, marriage is a multiplier. Thought a honeymoon would fix it. All you did was take the trouble to Cabo, baby. That's all you did. You bought a plane ticket for your problem. That's all you did. Right? Married people. Am I lying to them? All right, stay with me now. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Let me set this up for you. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls. Boom, changes everything. Before that, you had to be where Jesus was physically for a miracle to take place. He said, it's better that I leave and I'll send one that'll spread across the world. Wherever you are, he'll be also. He'll be called the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And so chapter three, the church is expanding. Chapter four, they want to go even further. So people start selling their assets to fund the ministry. And this couple makes a a decision to sell a piece of property and donate the money to the church. And then the check came in. You ever felt that? Everybody always, everybody always says, Lord, give me a million dollars, I'll tithe. You won't tithe on $10. <laughs> that million dollars coming in, ain't, there ain't no way. Can I tell you, tithe is about obedience. And we don't give out of compulsion or compassion. We only give out of obedience, amen? I don't care if somebody gets in here and begs you for money. Don't you give a dime. You give according to the word of God, amen. This is but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things, and the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Someday I'm gonna teach you a sermon uh, about wrapping you up, carrying you out, and burying you. That's the devil's tool, right? He wants to do those three things to you. Uh, It says now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed? Turn to your neighbor and say, agreed. How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. They're going to carry you out. Then immediately she fell down on his feet and breathed her last. And then the same young man came in, found her dead, carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Can I tell you that situation does not happen unless they're in agreement. Doesn't happen. See, Peter was wise enough to say, what was it that happened that you two came into an agreement to do this thing against God? See, at some place along the journey of life, you have to make a decision to do it God's way or your way. That's why choosing the right spouse is so important. Because if you choose the wrong spouse, they will encourage you to do it the comfortable way and not God's way. But if you marry the right spouse, they will always encourage you to go back to the word for clarity and to do it God's way. Can I tell you, Ananias and Sapphire would still be here had only one of them. Chose to do it God's way. So today we're going to talk about the power of agreement and the covenant of marriage. The covenant of marriage. There's nothing more destructive than a marriage that's aligned outside of God's will. My Lord, my Lord. Uh, a lot of times, um, people don't understand the power of the covenant. We're going to dig into this just for a few minutes today the power of the covenant. Uh, Max has Uh, a skid steer that he let me use to move some pallets. Now, in my own strength, and I tried this foolishly, I could not move a pallet aside, bad heavy, crazy heavy, but with the right equipment and knowing how to use it. I can do all kinds of stuff, right? Covenant marriage is the same way. If you understand the covenant and the power of it, Oh, you can do a lot more. Matter of fact, ten times more, according to the scripture. The Bible says this: is one can put a thousand flight two can put ten thousand to flight. We're going to break that down just for a few minutes today. Just for a few minutes today. Um, Matthew chapter nineteen. The Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus in this moment of uh, challenging the law. They're always trying to get him caught up in something that they could penalize him for. And they come and they say, "What do you say about divorce?" Jesus just steps right through that. I mean, he's way too wise for that. And he answered, he says, uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. He says, have you not read that from the beginning, look at your neighbor and say, from the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So here's the interesting part of that. They were coming to Jesus saying, what, what, what are your thoughts toward divorce? And let me let me paraphrase this. Jesus says, divorce uh is the byproduct of not setting things up right from the beginning. You gotta go back to the beginning. 90, I'm guesstimating, but high 90 percentile. Of the problems that I counsel existed before marriage. They predate the covenant. And Jesus says it like this He says, Have you not heard that in the beginning He made them male and female? This goes back to the point I said earlier about it's not a 50 50 situation. You got to be whole before you come into the covenant. And now we have a higher. Divorce rate in the house of God, then what's in the world? People who were polled were Christians before they got married are getting divorced 57% of the time. Congratulations, kids. You're about to run a gauntlet called marriage. More than half will fail. Why? It's because somebody told you a lie. See, somebody sold you a bill of goods and told you that your marriage should be based on love. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I can see the email's getting typed right now. I, I, I love my husband. I, I love my wife. Stop. There are days that Wendy Neal wakes up. And I have done something to drive her out of her ever-loving mind. And the look in her eyes don't say nothing about love. <laughs> We're going to be 20 years married in October. Now, here's what's crazy. is if we listen to what the world says, some days we're ready to stay married and some days we're not. If it's based on love. Because sometimes they just going to irritate you. You can't live with somebody and them not bother you every once in a while. Sometimes i look at, she would be picking her teeth. I'm like, heifer, I wish you would. <laughs> just doing something. Just doing something. It might be something small. It might be because I hadn't rested well. It would, whatever it is. But sometimes you just don't feel like you're in love. And the problem with that is that in the house of the Lord, we've said, "Oh, you're in love. Time to go see Joey the jeweler." When well, they're in love. <laughs> wrong. Emotions lie. So why do we get married? Because you have found someone that lines up with God's word. And why do you propose to that person? Because you see someone with gifts that in align with your gifts can propel you and explode you into God's purpose. Wait a second. Sounds like a partnership. Oh, it's better now. It's a covenant. You see, that's another lie we've bought that marriage is a contract. If you're a realtor. People break contract all the time, don't they? You see, in the Bible, you can't break covenant. Once you give the covenant of marriage, that's why people come to me and Wendy all the time. I'm like, oh, I know what she's about to say. People come to Wendy, especially, they think she's nicer than me. Wrong first. <laughs> Wendy is the most savage woman. Listen. She'll she'll, she'll give you a verse and hang up on you. (laughs) People will come to Wendy and they'll say, I just can't do it anymore, Wendy. I just, uh, I can't take this anymore. I can't. Now, let me say this. There are times it's time to go. Hear my heart. Somebody putting their hands on you in anger, time to go. You hear me? Somebody, somebody out here running around doing risky behaviors that could destroy your life, time to go. Right? But just because we ain't getting along, just because he's always fishing, irreconcilable differences. I wish you would call Wendy with that. Here's what Wendy's going to tell you. She's going to say, I'm sorry, it's not a contract, it's a covenant. I wish I could release you, but I cannot. If the word of God does not release you, you are not released. As a matter of fact, I dare you to go read Malachi chapter two. I double dog dare you to go read it. That's not even in my notes, but I can tell you this: you go read Malachi chapter two, it will convict every one of y'all in your marriages. You know what it says? <laughs> I'm on that good today and I'm Max. I'm telling you, boy. They don't realize me. I woke up early this morning. I woke up early. <laughs> Malachi chapter two says this: after you get married, and I'm paraphrasing, it ain't about you no more. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 19. He said, uh, no longer two, but one. So America says it the other way around. You're not one, it's about you. Are you happy? Are they fulfilling your needs? (laughs) When's the last time they bought you flowers? When's When's the last time you bought them flowers? A lot of times you can fix a problem by fixing yourself. People come in, want me to jump on the other one. I'm like, hey, i got business with you first. Pastor, you're going to believe my wife again. We ain't got to deal with her. We can fix you and fix this whole problem. You think it's her? No, baby, it's you. You don't set your expectations based on something Hollywood sold you. What? Yeah, no, no, no. It's not about you anymore. Matter of fact, if you go on down Malachi chapter 2, the Bible says that God created marriage because he desired righteousness. Seed. People say, well, we're going to separate for the kids. I told you I'm coming for you today. But here's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of people having false expectations and marriage covenants. I'm tired of seeing people broken because they've been ripped in half. Because what God has put together to be one, when you separate, it's you, but you're torn. And it hurts. Man, divorce just hurts. My family's walked through this. I'm going to tell you, man, it's strange. It's it, it, it's a surreal experience. I don't desire that for any of you. And as a matter of fact, if you speak to someone who's been through a divorce, they don't wish that for you either. So here's the thing. Marriage is a force multiplier really just the best way I can share that with you is understand the problems just get worse the blessings get better and understanding that God put this together not as a contract but a covenant postures you correctly my prayer is that there's young people in here who are thinking about buying jewelry listen I'm glad they're hotter than a pistol tickle pink for you but can I tell you Wendy still fits in her wedding dress. I don't fit in my pants before October. Things change, right? Wrinkles happen. Stretch marks are a real thing, right? They might be hot to trot right now, but there's going to be a day you get up and go, Good night. (laughs) What happened? And most of the time, you're looking in the mirror when you say it. The other day, I walked by the mirror, had my shirt off. and went, God, oh, you fat rascal. What did you do? Look like I've been stung by a poisonous bee. I said, this mug got a gut on him. What are you? Look like I ate everything and swole up. So Wendy, I said, I apologize. I have let myself go. She just got real quiet. I was like, that's when you know they know. That's when you know they know. Yeah. It wasn't no fake. You look good, baby. No, she was a... All right, well, whatever. I say all that because if you base it on somebody looking good, that ain't guaranteed to change. That ain't guaranteed to be the same. So... You got to base it on something deeper. You got to base it on something greater. And and, and so I want to show you that today. I want to show you that. Just give me a few more minutes. I promise I'm going to close fast. How do we win at wedlock? Number one, you have to understand that your spouse is your greatest spiritual asset. If they don't line up with with you spiritually, mm -mm, baby, move on. Move on. Listen, if they don't love God more than they love you, time to move on. Now, I'm telling you, that's for people who ain't married yet. If you're married, the Bible says stay married. Stay married. Why? Because you represent Christ to that person. That ain't me. That's the word. argue with me. Don't argue with Scripture. Right? You may be the only Jesus they see. You hang in there. You keep believing. You keep praying. You keep inviting them to church. You keep inviting them to small groups. And I tell you, there's people in this room who their spouse almost gave up on them. But they're here. Changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's faithful. You stay faithful. Amen. So your spouse is your greatest spiritual asset. Why? Well, we find that in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12. It says two are just better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm how can one be warm alone though one may be overpowered by another two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken let me explain this to you this principle is so strong God used it wait a second what? yeah man this is powerful stuff God said I like that so much I'm going to use it one got weaknesses. two pretty good Three, unstoppable. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trinity. God says it's so powerful to have three pieces. I'm going to split myself into three pieces. And he says, when you get married, it needs to be a three piece. It needs to be a three piece. Husband, wife, God. Boy, you put them three things together, you got some some high powered stuff. You got some, you got some some powerful stuff. You see, Wendy and I have made it our life's purpose to chase after God. So when we chase after him, this thing falls from heaven called purpose. God says, "Okay, you want to chase after me? Let me give you a way to do that. It's called purpose." And you start on purpose, and you start figuring out what your gifts are, and then the gifts lead to something called vision, and then vision changes earth. All because people decide to do it his way. The scariest thing to the devil. Married couple chasing after God. Woo-wee! I'm telling you. Jack the devil up quick. Why is that? Because there's principles in God's word give us authority. One of those is the principle of agreement. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20 says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. Just for where two or three gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Man, man, hang on now. Now we're starting to go into the deeper end of the pool And I want you to have understanding in this. You see, God did not create marriage after he made these laws. He he put this together, or he did not make the laws. How how am I saying this right? Marriage came as a byproduct of these laws. He said, let me create a family structure based on the principles I've established. That's why he says, listen, when y'all come together in agreement, boy, you can get some things done. Now watch this. This is a principle that I've taught before and I hadn't taught in a while. Stay with me on this. The greatest principle with marriage is called the principle of multiplication. The principle of multiplication. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30. And it says this, how can one man chase a thousand of them and two pursue 10,000 unless their rock had delivered them up and the Lord had handed them over? Let me paraphrase that. If one could put a thousand to flight, two could put ten thousand to flight because God has put a principle in place to multiply your effort. Now, what does that mean? In the world and in math, in nature, one plus one equals two. Okay. So in the in the natural, one plus one equals two. God says, yeah, but that's that's man's way. See, I've got to show them that my way is higher. So in the supernatural, God said, Let's let's change things up a little bit. Let's really make this covenant worth their time. So we think, hey, Josh and Wendy, one plus one equals two. Mm mm. Mm-mm. Not according to the scripture, it doesn't not according to the principle of multiplication, it doesn't. One plus one multiplies our effort by 10 times. Why? Because God establishes his principles to do more on earth than the devil can do. So when a couple is working together, when they're in agreement, there's nothing they can't do. says it's 10 times their effort, 10 times. It multiplies their effort. God put that in place that we can accomplish more in him. I'll end with a story. Uh, Some of you know, uh, Wendy and I were at our our last post at a good church and we, uh, about a year before I left, I started feeling the stirring in my spirit that it was time to go do a work that's specific to the city of Crestview. And I just, I fought it. I thought it, and I mentioned it to Wendy, and uh, to be quite honest, at first, she thought I lost my mind. She thought I lost my mind because we had comfort. We had good leadership. Man, we were great. Everything was great. And I told her, I said, I just feel stirring in my spirit. We're about to be released. We're We're going to do something different. She goes, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I said, well, just pray about it. Let's see what happens. She had been off somewhere, some retreat or something. And uh, on the way home, I get a phone call. She's bawling like a baby, just squalling. I said, first off, is everything okay? What happened? I thought there'd been a wreck, something. And she goes, everything's fine, I just got to tell you. She said, "I, I see it. I said, you see it? What do you see? She said, the vision, I see it. I said, what are you talking about? She said... Two words, she said, wrecked me in prayer this morning. She said, Hope and city. I said, hang on. I ran and got my Bible and I'd written down three names for the work. And the first name was Hope City. So that day I've not had any doubts. Can I tell you, one could put a thousand to flight? Do you get a man and a woman in line and in the covenant of marriage? Woo-wee. About to wreck the devil, you hear me? It scares hell to death. To hear that phone call from Wendy, the devil went. Put your seatbelts on, boys. Put your seatbelts on. If to be marriage is restored, put your seatbelt on. People about to get saved. Put your seatbelts on. Ones we thought we had locked in is about to get snatched over to God's side again. Put your seatbelts on, boys. Here come the kneels. They're in covenant and they're in agreement and they're standing on the word of God. You better back up. about to be some TNT going off in this bad boy. And I tell you, God set this covenant in place for you to walk in a new authority. And the devil says, oh, they're just there to hold you back. They're just holding you back from your dream. Let me tell you something. First off, men, your wives have wisdom. Listen. Wives, your husband have wisdom. Listen. I love this. The scripture says that for Adam, God created a helpmate. In our society, we think of a helpmate as secondary. The problem is, is that when they stood before God, they stood shoulder to shoulder. It wasn't Adam and then somewhere back here with their head covered up, Eve. No, no, this is just shoulder to shoulder. When God created Eve, he didn't pull an ankle bone out. She wasn't under his feet. He pulled a rib out. She'd stand beside him. What I'm saying is, men, your wives can hear from God too. Listen. I thank God. Listen, a godly wife, boy, you get a man with a godly wife, they're to do some damage you get a woman whose man has great faith in her, has trust and believes in her, you can't hold that woman back. I share these things with you today because in 2024, God has called Hope City to just blow up our expectations. Just expect more than we can see. More than we, we've been talking about our outreach to say, what we did such great Incredible things last year, God says nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. We saw more salvations last year. God says it's nothing. It's nothing. He said, I, I haven't even started pouring out my spirit on all flesh yet. You, you've yet to even begin to see my goodness. So we start prioritizing the word and we start aligning our houses. Can I tell you something? Until you get your house right, God don't show up. And he wants Hope City to get into alignment. He wants us to get into his word so much that when the world sees us, they see him. That starts with what I've taught last week keeping Christ first. Then is keeping our marriages right. If we're willing to do that, you see, there's been so much taught wrong about marriage. And so much taught wrong. Especially to our young people right now. Young people hear me on this. Marriage is a beautiful covenant that if managed correctly will take you further than you ever desired to go. Done wrong. Think about what he said this. Less of you means more for two. Less of you means more for two. It can't be about you. It can't be about you. It can't be about you just getting served and, and, and your wife waiting on your hand and foot. Can I tell you something? You ought to wait on her just as much. We're not perfect at it, but can I tell you this? I chase to please my wife every day. I ain't got to worry about Wendy Cheap. Ain't nobody loved that woman like I love her. She ain't got to worry about me. Nobody knows my secrets. Nobody knows my ugly and still receives me the way she does. Just a beautiful thing. It's just to, to just be spiritually just open and just still loved by somebody. It's wonderful. That's what God desired in so if you're here and you're, and you're married, you're struggling, here's the truth. That there's an enemy of your marriage. The devil wants to destroy that covenant. because he understands he can destroy that covenant, he takes you back down to a thousand. He gets, saves 9,000 of his damage. But if he can keep just one of us from standing in this covenant, boy, it saves him a lot of work. Man, if you'll hang in there. And you'll be Jesus to the lost husband or wife. You'll hang in there and you'll just represent Christ to children. So that way, when you leave this earth, there's still somebody here swinging for Jesus, right? Just fist fighting the devil. I love that. I told Wendy the other day, I said, You know what's the best part about being parents? That when we're gone, there's still somebody kicking the devil in the mouth. We'll be up there partying in heaven. They just can be down here just curb kicking that bad boy, right? That's the picture of the power of a marriage. I desire for each of you to just have a better marriage. And I'll tell you this, if you understand the authority that you walk in because you your marriage, and you understand that your, your spouse is your greatest spiritual asset, you won't miss it. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Next week, we're gonna talk about the third uh, priority for the believer. We talked about keeping Christ first, number one, paramount, then our spouse. Then after that, our family, our family, our children, our extended family. We're gonna talk about that. We've got to prioritize. We got to do things God's way to do more. His ways are just better than our ways. Amen. Let's do 2024 His way. I'm grateful for it. Father. Love you. Thank you for your word that encourages. Thank you for the word that challenges. Father, I just want to speak a blessing over our marriages. First, I rebuke the devourer on their behalf. And I just speak health and strength and a focus on kingdom focus. Just, 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 just let them focus on what it is you'd have them focus on. Thank you, Lord, that they're still here. We still have a purpose for their life. Multiply our efforts. I thank you, Lord, that when, a, when a, a marriage comes together and begins to chase after you, there's nothing we can't accomplish. Father, I pray that you would stir up God-sized vision in our homes, bigger things, greater things that are yet to come. I thank you for that. I thank you for the word of the Lord that went forth today. Thank you, Lord, that we're always within your grasp. Thank you that no matter how hard and how far we run, you can always catch up to us with your loving kindness. And uh, thanks for the word today. Thanks that when we come to your scripture, we're realigned and we're reignited in our purpose. I just thank you for each person here, whether they're married or single or divorced. I thank you that you have got a unique plan for their life just set that in motion for them and let them see it in Jesus. name. So bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. For whatever you have led us to, whatever this purpose is, whatever this vision is, you're going to give us everything we need to accomplish it. we give you glory. we give you honor and praise. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart. Give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.